Lord's God is so good. This is the Retro MMG Show. Once again this week, I'm your host, John. Across the table from me, El Capitan, El Burro, <laughs> Mi Amigo, Antonio. How are we doing, Tony? That's me, doing good. How are you? Well, this week has actually been pretty busy. New job has been busy. I'm not yeah. bored anymore. Um, but uh, I am uh, going through the struggles of homeownership, I will say. Uh-oh. Yeah, I've got plumbing issues. Oh, no. In the home, not in my body, but oh, in, okay. in, in the home, right. I do have plumbing issues. Son I've, of a bitch. And th- that's always a nightmare as a homeowner, you know? Yeah. Or that and electrical, anything electrical, that's always bad. Yeah, if you if you got to hire a carpenter or a painter, it's usually going to be thousands less than whatever else is going on in your house, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, or you could do it yourself. Or maybe. you can do it yourself. Um, yeah. But the electrical and the plumbing, <clears throat> I, yeah. I can do light plumbing, I can do light electrical. I'll change outlets and light switches sure, and that yeah. stuff, install lights, ceiling fans, that kind of thing. But. And I'll even take something back to the panel if I need a new outlet or a new circuit or something. I know how to, you know, bring it back to the well, panel. That is and all far that. superior, more than most. Um, plumbing too, like I'll run some new plumbing. I've I've carved out concrete and you know added a toilet and that kind of stuff. So I know how to do it. Do I want to do it? Hell no. It's no. a pain in the ass. It's dusty. It's dirty and all that. <laughs> but what I don't like doing is digging. You're damn right. Digging blows dick. And, yeah, uh, I will not dig. Well, I put in my fence, and I did the digging, you know, with the clamshell. Post, oh, did you really? Digger. Oh, yeah. my God. I do all that kind of stuff. Uh, but if I've got to dig a four-foot deep hole to fix some plumbing, no, that's a little bit different, you know. You need a uh, backhoe of something. i, I got to call someone like you to locate where my uh, pipes are at <laughs> so I know exactly where I'm going to go. Because could you imagine digging yeah. Four feet deep and being like three well, feet that off of where you're in supposed to go. In my business, like somebody will mark something, and these contractors they have to find it right before they like say you know directional bore past it or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if like someone like me doesn't mark it right or mismarks it. They'll be digging and digging and digging and digging <laughs> to China before they still not get to finding where they need to shit. Yeah, that's when they call back and go. Can you check it again? Right. We're mm-hmm. not. We're seven feet down. We haven't found shit. Right. So uh, how do they find out how deep it is? Well, I'll say that I'm sure there's like a sonar thing that you guys have, right, to find out how. Yeah, our deep equipment it is. shows it, but really, you're not allowed to tell a contractor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So like, the biggest company out there, you know, they're absolutely like dead set on never telling a contractor any depth of any kind. Why is that? So you more or less, as a contractor who digs, you kind of have just general knowledge of how deep something is. So like water is mostly between five and seven feet. Unless it's a service, it could be three to five feet or anything like that. In this climate, because it freezes. Yeah, frost line. Below the frost line. Um, Any kind of sewers... You just open up a sewer and just look down in there, see where the Throw drain is. Throw a tape is, measure down you know? there. Yeah. Right. Um, and then communications and and anything like that is usually like, you know, three feet or less. Mm-hmm. And anything that's like low voltage, like parking lot lights and stuff, that's like two feet or, you know what I mean? So right. like if you're digging four feet, you're pretty much going to find anything electrical or 
you know, communications or a drain. of any kind. Or a drain you know, of Small some kind. drains. Because I like have a that. drain that, yeah. that I was told that is about two feet below, uh, yeah. the, below the surface, which is not below the frost line. Um, but it is a drain, so it's got flowing water in there, and sure. it, it's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna freeze solid in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's what I'm going through. I got a, I got a, I got a quote for twenty four hundred dollars to oh my God. put a clean out, so they can just rot, you know, rot out the uh, root that's growing in, into one of my uh, drain lines. Oh. And then I got another guy who's a pretty accomplished plumber, who says, "Hey, I'll do it for eight hundred, You know. N- uh- I don't really know the guy very well. It seems like a pretty drastic difference. And he's going to dig it out by hand. And yeah. I don't know how many guarantees I w- I'm going to get with him. And I don't know how much, I don't know how good he's going to do it, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, should I go with the company or the and just spend the money? Or should I go with the guy who is cheaper, yeah. but I'm not, maybe once the shit Mostly the with fan. the company, at least they're <laughs> never like gonna hear from him insured, again. you know. Right, so. exactly. I got I got a certain amount of guarantees and peace of mind with the uh, larger company. And <laughs> right. We're going to pay more for it. Ouch, but That's dude. one of those things of uh, homeownership that you got to kind of yeah. deal with. That You're going to have these problems from time to time. Like, I'm pretty, you know, a lot of people say it's a waste of money, but I rent. And I rent a house. And my rent is just as much as a mortgage, you mm-hmm. know, as far as a, their monthly payments. It's probably more than a mortgage, I would say. But the good thing about it is, like, you don't have those anything that issues. has gone wrong with that house, somebody else has paid for and repaired it, and it's completely taken care of. So... That's it's the age it's, old question of renting yeah, versus it, you know it's you know? a toss up but it's the a other headache. thing is I can't like add to it I can't right. change anything about the house I can do whatever I want to my you house know. I've changed a lot to my house and I can paint it whatever I want I've changed right. the flooring I've done whatever I wanted you know and that's kind of I'm a, I come from the world of carpentry and I yeah. like to customize things so and that's I think the well, I know especially like a garage you know right that's that's, that's the impetus behind my wanting to be a homeowner is that I know what I want. I have the ability to change it. And, uh, and I've been a renter and, you know, I've always been a good renter. You know, I've always gotten my security deposits back. Everyone bitches about not getting their security deposits. (laughs) You know what I mean? And like, I've always got my security deposits. the house or something. Or what what they make up or I don't want to say make up, but they tell tales of, uh, the, the landlord's a dick. They, you know, nickled and dined me about this little damage and that little damage. So they took my entire security deposit, which I'm sure it happens. Never happened to me as a renter. And I rented for a very long time, 15 years. I was a renter and buy my house until I was 32, you know? So yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Our last place, like, you know, we rented the house before this one and, uh, you know, they ended up selling the house and, Pretty much, you know, we had to get out of there like way fast. So yep. no get. matter what we did to the house, they were like, we're going to give you back your oh, really? deposit and everything just because they felt bad that they sold the house. You know yeah. what I mean? But Well, those are good good people. They're not yeah. some conglomerate company that owns like, <laughs> you know, 5,000 units or right. whatever it is. It's like probably like a, a couple that owns, you know, four or five places that yeah. that's their kind of retirement income. Yeah, they just must not have saw where I got too close to the grill along where that siding's <laughs> Oh, you were one of those guys? You put the grill too close to the, the vinyl too siding close and you to warped the vinyl siding. You warped the sh- 
shit out of it. Yep. <laughs> you stupid. Yep. <laughs> you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> I remember I was like just dating my wife now and oh to have to tell her uh you felt like babe. a retard. <laughs> Fire's hot, I'm and I got into house, I closed the house, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> no house bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I remember standing out there too. I was standing out there with somebody, just chatting away, blithely, while it's <laughs> having a conversation, <laughs> yeah. not paying attention to what oh, the hell's it's going melting on. Melting away, <laughs> the house is dripping. <laughs> <laughs> You stupid, stupid son of a bitch. I don't know if uh, the audience knows why we're saying stupid son of a bitch, but it is a line from a 1995 movie, The Cable Guy, which is the topic we are going to be talking about today. Um, You know, this movie is either you love it or you hate it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like a real dark comedy that most people like. Because of like where Jim Carrey was at in his, you know, at his movie, you know, he was like Ace Ventura right about that time and all that, all the big stuff that was like just, you know, fall down, stupid, funny. Slapstick bullshit. Slapstick yeah. bullshit. Rubber neck guy. And then yeah. for him to like kind of have a little, little bit of crazy. In Serious-ish. This and, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It well, was, yeah. It's like definitely, he, he definitely played a different character, you know. Yeah. But there are elements of Jim Carrey definitely in this character. And the Riddler. I don't know if anybody yeah. else caught on, but like just seeing Jim doing all those things, it was like, like falling took me down back yeah. to the Batman, you know, the Batman episode Forever. where, yeah. you know, he's doing all that. Spinning the, uh, <laughs> the stupid cane. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, but yeah, this is a. 1996 American comedy directed by Ben Stiller. Uh, yeah, ben, that's like the first thing that comes up. It says a Ben Stiller film. Yeah, I always knew it was directed by Ben Stiller, and he obviously has a cameo as the stand-in <laughs> for the Menendez brothers, uh, Stan and Sam Sweets. Who are yeah, it really on... ages the movie too. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it definitely does because you got the MTV News yep. the bulletins coming up uh, throughout the movie, uh, and just the updates about it, which I, I really love that that touch in in this movie. It kind of it separates the the plot from like an overall zeitgeist of what's going on right. in, in the world. You know, it's it's almost like the OJ trial. You know, it's it's like to have the OJ trial on in the yeah, background of a that. movie. You know, yeah. uh, and I like how they wrap it up in the end, which we'll 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 get to that. Nineteen ninety six comedy directed by Ben Stiller, written by Lou Holtz Jr. and starring Jim Carrey and Matthew Broderick, released in the U S. on June fourteenth, nineteen ninety six. A lot of names in this movie. So many. A lot so of names. Um, first time I ever saw Leslie Mann. Uh, famously, she's Judd Apatow's wife now. Yeah. But she, this is the first time I remember seeing her in a feature film. Right. Um, also, uh, lot, like we said, a lot of cameos. Uh, Jack Black. One of the first times I saw Jack Black. I want to say the first time I saw Jack Black. Oh, really? But then after going, you know, getting older and watching other movies and then going back in time to see like Bob Roberts, he was in that, and he, he like Waterworld, he had a little cameo or a little part in Waterworld, really? that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's kind of how he was in like the early uh, to late '90s. He was just kind of just a, a background, parts. yeah, background character or supporting character. And I want to say this was one of his first like 
you know, major speaking roles. Because I don't want to say he was, yeah, he was one of the main cast. Yeah, I think he was like fifth, sure. fifth, fifth or sixth build or something. Um, but KG the, was in it. KG was in it at the <laughs> end, yeah. But also a lot of people, uh, Diane Baker. And there's a, a couple of uh, Silence of the Lambs tie-ins with yeah. this. Not only just the reference with uh, at Middle yeah. Medieval Times, but uh, an actor, Charles Napier. Do you know who Charles Napier is? He's the cop that walks in and arrests him. Oh, yeah, him, yeah. Okay? <laughs> yeah but he was also in Silence of the Lambs uh, as one oh, of right. the uh, cops that uh, uh, Hannibal Lecter kills. And also, um, what's his name? Stephen's um, mother, uh, <laughs> Diane Baker. She was also in Silence of the Lambs as the congresswoman whose daughter got kidnapped by mm-hmm. Hannibal or uh, Buffalo Bill. Um Eric Roberts is in this. He star. He just has a little part <laughs> yeah. as the star of the, the TV brothers. movie based the on the trial movie. of uh, yeah. Sam and Stan, or I forget which one it was, Stan or Sam. Uh, sweet, and, and we'll we'll get kind of into it. And so let's let's. I'm just gonna go over the plot a little bit. So the movie starts uh, with uh, Matthew Broderick's character Stephen Kovacs being uh, dumped by his girlfriend after being, uh, 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 after proposing to his girlfriend. Um, it literally starts with him moving into his new apartment and the cable guy showing up at the inopportune time of him showering. He gets a little bit too, uh, he comes out, he gets a little, the cable guy gets a little bit too comfortable, uh, involves himself in a stalker-like fashion into Stephen's life, uh, disrupting his relationships, his financial situation, and his freedom by sending him to jail eventually, with the film uh, culminating in a kind of damsel in distress uh, hero savior uh, story at the end and that's kind of how it goes and we're going to go into the scenes that are uh, going to uh, elaborate on that stuff um, but like, like we said a lot of cameos damn that was a quick wrap up well, what and do do? we're done thanks everybody but it's it, but that's what it's like a stalker film you know yeah, it's like yeah, how much yeah. I'm not going to go through it. it's, it's the beats of the movie right everybody's seen the cable guy Everyone, I don't know. I don't know. I've met some people that have not seen it, you know. Yeah. This, mil- this movie was not really well received, and I did not, I purposely did not look up the Rotten Tomatoes score uh, just so we can kind of guess on it, you know. Really? Uh, because I don't believe this movie was very well received. Yeah, I know it wasn't, so. I love this movie. I loved it when I saw it the first time, and I loved it when I watched it this morning. A lot of funny stuff from Jim Carrey. Um, it Especially is a dark. At, at least, like, the first three quarters of the movie, he's. You know, even how crazy it gets, there's still something totally hilarious that mm-hmm. he does to kind of like, you know, completely keep you, you know, into the movie. Well, so. there's a, there's a, he remains Jim Carrey throughout. Yeah. But there's there the thing, certain Jim things Carrey. that, yeah. that make it funnier because it is Jim Carrey. Like there's, when he calls him on the phone and the spider crosses over his yeah. face. <laughs> Because it was Jim Carrey, is why I thought that was funny. And know? dude, his eye didn't even you know, there's move. Not a twitch, at, not a twitch, nothing. He's so good. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a very, very good. But I'll read. You know, since you don't like my little description, I'll read no, the uh, Wikipedia no, just, description. In the film, right. Jim Carrey plays an eccentric cable installer who talks with a lisp and becomes overly intrusive in the life of a customer played by Matthew Broderick. <laughs> Did you like those beats, buddy? Well, it um, it says your words. It had mixed reception from the critics, but has since attained a cult following. And I could, I don't know the cult following. Maybe I'm part of the cult, so I don't know what I can't see outside Maybe. of it. Um, but I can understand why it does. 
uh, because I've liked this movie since the first time I watched it. Me and a, a, a mutual friend of ours um, I love this movie. We quote it a lot, a lot of the time. Mm. One of the first lines from Jim Carrey in the movie is, look who decided to show. <laughs> and yeah. in my shop, when everyone was late, that's what I would say, look who decided to show. <laughs> I don't know if they understood where the reference was, nope. but uh, that's what it was. Um, Judd Apatow. Uh, was attached to this movie. He was a writer and a producer on this movie. He wasn't credited as a writer. Um, evidently had a problem with a lot of the writing from Lou Holtz Jr. in this and tried to punch it up and did what he did and got pretty much what he wanted in there, but I guess there was a lot of infighting from Judd Apatow really? in this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, Judd Apatow is, is a household name these days, you know, actually right. for the past, you know, f- 10, 15 years. Um, but some of his earlier... Movies are movies like this and like uh, Heavyweights. You're familiar with that movie, mm-hmm. Heavyweights, about the kids in the fat camp. You know, may have watched that once. Really, yeah. I like that movie. It, it's actually you should revisit it. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. You know, Paul Feig is in that. You know, he you know Paul Feig is he direct, He's a big director now. Uh, he directed um, the Ghostbusters girly movie. Uh, he directed a bunch of other stuff, Bridesmaids, uh, a bunch of Office episodes, um, but. You can see Ben Stiller was in it, you know, as, you know, essentially white Goodman before Dodgeball, you know. Right, right. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, it, it's like the uh, start of the frat pack. You know what the frat pack is? It's the Judd Apatow yeah. gang. It's Seth Rogen, oh, it's okay. Jack Black, Ben yeah. Stiller, Owen, the Wilson boys, uh, Vince Vaughn. Yeah, you know, this, like... you, Will Ferrell to an extent, you know. Um, but this is kind of the start of all of it, you know. Um Again, this movie, you know, it's about, you know, Jim Carrey kind of stalking his uh, a cable customer. But there's the B story of the Menendez brothers. Uh, Bill, the director, Ben Stiller, <laughs> has a role in the movie. Of, um, of course, he had to put himself in it. <laughs> well, this, you know, it's funny you say that. I was reading that this is the first movie that he's directed that he's not been like the center of a main character. And, you know, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if anyone knows what the Menendez brothers trial is. It's uh, a couple of twins or brothers. I don't know if they were twins. But they uh, murdered their parents one day. Uh, and then they went on trial. And I was too young to be able to follow the trial. And I didn't yeah. really look it up. But the the, the trial, the, the mock trial that goes on in the movie is pretty much like something like that. Right. Only exactly. the one, the twin... The one twin kills the other twin. <laughs> and there's a lot of conspiracy theories about what the t- story could be from what I was reading online. But that's kind of in the background of this whole thing. Think about, like, yeah, like I said, the OJ trial in the background mm. of pretty much everything in the early 90s or 1994. This is kind of what that was. Like they keep updating you throughout the movie about how, you know, how the trial is going. <laughs> and there is a testimonial, like a 911 call early on yeah. in the movie <laughs> where um, – they they play a nine one one tape of the one brother essentially saying how the how the uh, the other he found the other brother dead. He's obviously you know you know making it up. Making it up, yeah. But he's like, it was a bunch of Asians. Asians. They looked Asian, <laughs> and they were they speaking were another Asian. language. I think they was Asian. <laughs> and we, we've joked about that and. Many a times, many years. And one thing I was reading, I did not know that oh, that is shit. not Jim. That's not Ben Stiller on that call. It's literally Jim Carrey. Oh, is it really? It's Jim Carrey's voice doing wow. that. And there's this little like uh, fan fiction where Jim Carrey befriended one of those twins as the cable guy, 
got jealous of the other one and killed him and framed the one that's on trial and just kind of skipped town and oh okay but doesn't that make a little bit of that. sense you know yeah. because of jim carrey's voice on there you know right which i thought was eh, i could see that i'll have to listen for that again I, i'd entertain like, that that theory yeah um Movie starts very awkwardly, uh, Matthew Broderick. And I think this is the first time I saw Matthew Broderick post Ferris Bueller. Oh, really? Because what movies did he do in between Ferris Bueller and The Cable Guy? Can you name any? No, I mean, I didn't really follow his. I mean, I just. I know. didn't. Fo- I mean, but just like think, thinking the pop culture of between 1986 and 1996, that 10 year period, can you Maybe name him? Maybe he's not. Any movie, even if it's a supporting character or whatever. No, I have no idea. I, don't, I can't think of a single movie. So this, is a, I would say this is almost like Matthew Broderick. He still looks really young in it. He does. Yeah, so. I mean, what is he, 30 or something like that? Yeah. But, yeah, very awkward intro. He's taking a shower and the cable guy comes. <laughs> He's been waiting for a, a long time. Starts, with starts lathering his hair and uh, the cable guy. Yeah. <laughs> knocking, banging on his door. I thought that buzzer on that apartment was the loudest buzzer I've ever heard. Who's in the shower <laughs> lathering their hair? You know, presumably across the apartment, and that's eh, eh, eh. you know, it's like cable guy. And like it was pretty prominent. And to be honest, I wouldn't be that worried about cable. I'll tell him to fuck off. Come back when I'm ready, not you. <laughs> yeah. Well, he said he was like waiting already for like four hours or so yeah yeah he's been waiting a long time and that, that's almost a that's, it's a trope it, it's it's, it's been it played is, out it's there was a seinfeld episode two-part seinfeld point, episode you know about waiting for the cable guy right um but he eventually shows up and he has this weird thing where he uh uh feels up the walls and like <laughs> Rubs the clitoris of the wall or the nipple. Or I was like, this bothers me more than I last remembered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a little uncomfortable. That's the sweet spot. That's the sweet spot. And before we go any further, we have to point out to, for anyone that hasn't seen the movie, Jim Carrey is talking with a heavy lisp the yeah. entire movie. That's why we're... Th- Thing you stupid son of a bitch. And that's the I, I don't know what kind of lisp that is. If that's like a lateral lisp or what? I have no idea because no I can't idea. classify lisp from lisp. But no, oh well, there's no, I don't know. There's all, there's a few different ones. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, but I don't know what they're called. You okay. know, there's different degrees of lisping, <laughs> yes, and he's yes. got the heaviest one. In this, you know? he's got the one where he's, the, like. You just talk He's, with the lift. And they they <laughs> they bring it to light very quickly because uh, he hands him the card and he says, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Yeah. Perfectionist. perfectionist. He does it three times and he can't bring that T out in perfectionist. I was and, dying <laughs> laughing when this part came out, dude. Because I remember in one of my bands, we like had an intro to a song and that was it. Like that whole... Perfectionist. <laughs> Perfectionist. <laughs> he just has to get that T out of there. You know? It's funny. Oh, man. It uh, cracks me up. Dude. Yeah, it Those is. Those are some of the best parts. Like the early part of the movie when he's doing a lot of his, like, Jim Carrey-ish. Yeah, and I like when he's, like, wrapping it up and he's getting him to sign the form and he hands him the clipboard and he's just staring at him for those... Th- five or six seconds and then just stares <laughs> and then looks he up. Knows, Matthew Broderick notices him and he just kind of looks up and to the left <laughs> supernaturally you know 
It's very creepy and effective. I, I laugh at that. I'm like, oh, it's hilarious. Oh, Jesus. Uh, and, and he's super intrusive. You know, Jim Carrey's super intrusive into Matthew Broderick's life. He's asking about his girlfriend and all that. And, you know, I'd be like, all right, buddy, let's wrap this shit up. And I wouldn't even... At that point, like, I wouldn't have asked for the free cable. I'm like, this guy's already an effing weirdo. Yeah, and super weird, you know. Mm, I don't want any favors from this guy, you know, because he might want a favor back, yeah. and he eventually wants more favors back. Yeah, you know? now, that, now that I'm remembering, it's, it's the next line here is what we recorded, which is, you need a legal cable. <laughs> and then he cable. does that whole, oh, is that what that whole phrase. <laughs> the correctional fulfill Fulfilloy. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine. Five thousand dollars in six years in a correctional facility because you can't say the T in facility. <laughs> but though, he just goes right over that T. Um, oh my god! So then, yeah, you know, I think we've mulled over. So Jack Black is, is ostensibly the best friend of Matthew Broderick, uh, yep. Stephen Kovacs. Best friend role, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he gives him a tip saying, "Hey." Cable guy comes over, give him 50 bucks. 50 bucks. He's, you're going to get free cable. You get all the movie channels, even the dirty ones. Even the dirty ones. Um, <laughs> and Matthew Broderick. And, and would you be that kind of guy? Like uh, back no, in the duh. back in the day? Because that's what that's what Steve, Matthew Broderick's character says. He's like, I can't do that. Yeah, like, I feel I awkward and that. feel stupid. And, but then there'd be no movie. So Right. There'd be no movie. But <laughs> I'd be the same. Man. Like, oh, I don't really care about free right. cable. Just, yeah. I'll pay for what I got too. I'm like, I don't worry about getting free whatever movie channels. Uh, maybe in my early 20s, or you know, if I was in my first apartment, I'm like, well, I got to keep these costs low, but I want yeah. to bring the bitches over. <laughs> yeah. No, I knew it. At one point, there was like at that like black box uh, yeah. era of like you know stealing cable, the scrambler. Like, mm-hmm. I knew guys D-scrambler. that could do that, you know, and they had that type of shit. But, uh, My grandparents had two of those never... D scrambler boxes. Remember those? Really? Like, they're about nine <laughs> yeah, inches yeah. wide <laughs> and four black, buttons on the, the top. Little black box. Just the two red digits on the front. <laughs> yeah, it was like brown wood green. Oh yeah, you know? the wood green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they would descramble the cable. Descrambler. Um, but you had to have the right code. I forget what it was because we. I remember being at like ten or twelve or something like that. Yeah. Being at my grandparents' house, finding it, busting it out, hooking it up, and everything's still all scrambled. I'm like, what the hell? So we're Some watching bitch. scrambled Playboy channel. Hell <laughs> yeah! Is that a nipple? I don't know. Maybe, maybe an elbow. Maybe an elbow. <laughs> um, but at any rate, he uh, gives him the fifty bucks and uh, he hooks him up. But little did he realize he juiced him up. I juiced him up. He, that's right. <laughs> All set. Um, little did you realize he was uh, starting a shitstorm of a stalker, unwanted friend, and life ruin. I love the the terrible thing, you know, in the doorway where he's like, "Oh, maybe I'll take you and the so very you can awkward see thing. <laughs> how this all works." And he's like, "Sure, yeah. bud. Yeah, maybe." And he goes, "You know," and then he realizes how about tomorrow. Not <laughs> but then he's like, "No, no, no. It's okay." And he, good. How about tomorrow? And he runs oh. away. <laughs> no, he's like, "Yeah." He says, "Yeah." He's like, yeah, I'd love to show you uh, how this all this stuff works. <laughs> and Matthew Broderick, being the nice guy that he is, yeah, yeah. we should do that sometime. And then uh, Jim Carrey's like, well, how about tomorrow? <laughs> well, tomorrow's no good. He's like, all right, tomorrow's okay, no I good. crossed the line. 
I get it. Okay. He's like, no, you didn't cross no, the line. No. He's like, oh, no. All right. All right. See you tomorrow. <laughs> see you tomorrow. And he <laughs> runs away. So the conversation is over. <laughs> so the date is solidified. Solidified, <laughs> dude. That's some stalker <laughs> shit right there. That, right. That's when something a desperate dude does to a chick. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I've been in that position a few times where you're like, you feel horrible to say no to somebody. You're like, my bad. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, It's been a few people. Yeah, it's always a few people, but yeah. there's one person in particular. <laughs> um. Then he takes him to the satellite dish, you know, and this is like the prophetic part of this movie where uh, Jim Carrey has that speech about your home computer, your phone and TV are all going to be integrated shopping from home. You can shop from home uh, and watch female red, yeah. mud wrestling on a channel it's and then famous, play Mortal uh, Kombat with a friend in Vietnam. Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, uh, which he was right. You know, you can do all that stuff right now. You can, you know, future is now, I quite suppose, honestly. Yeah. And then they get super... You know, sentimental in the uh, – uh, they're at this, this giant satellite dish where uh, presumably Jim Carrey has access to because he's a cable guy. And I don't know why a lowly cable guy would have access to a place uh, like this, but whatever. Yeah. But they have a little bonding moment, and uh, there's a funny part where, you know, Jim Carrey has a heavy lisp, and uh, uh, oh, yeah. Matthew Broderick just turns to me. He's like, you know, my brother's a speech therapist, and then Jim Carrey just – Stops what he's doing. He's like, so? So? <laughs> like, he has oh, no idea what he's uh, talking Never, never mind. mind. <laughs> like, he has no idea what he's referring to. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get, you know, super comfortable about uh, uh, Stephen's uh, re- uh, relationship and why it broke up. And he uh, uh, says uh, Jerry oh, Springer's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Springer's final, final thought. The Springer's final, final thought on Friday's show. It's like, that was incredibly insightful. I know. It was Jerry's yeah, final Jerry. thought on Friday's show. It's Jerry Springer's. And then they pretty much go right to the basketball scene. And I like that basketball scene. It's uh, it's pretty good. Uh, it makes Jim Carrey look like a oh, very he large just, like, man. showed up. Yeah, he just shows up. <laughs> And for some reason, there's lots of shots. Attire. Yeah, he's got knee-high <laughs> socks and the headband. And he does the suicide sprints before to warm up, you know. <laughs> Let me warm up. Don't want to pull a hemi. Don't want to pull a hemi. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, he, so, yeah, there's a scene where Matthew Broderick is playing friends yeah. with all – or playing uh, basketball with all his friends. And then Jim Carrey shows up out of nowhere, the cable guy, out of nowhere. And uh, – He's like – you play here too. <laughs> yeah. Weird. What do you, what do you know? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> and then he plays. <laughs> he calls somebody on traveling, and then he says, "Oh, I see what we're doing. We're playing <laughs> prison, prison rules." rules. <laughs> and then there's a montage of him just ruining the game, like grabbing yeah. a rebound and throwing his elbows everywhere, <laughs> and like diving yeah. for the ball, and then. Eventually, to the end of the, the end of the game, he uh, uses Jack Black as a ramp to uh, do a slam dunk. Slam dunk breaks, shatters breaks, the shatters the, gla- shatters the glass, ruins the game for everybody. I do like his line of uh, "Hey Rick, never made a slam dunk before. Thanks for the Thanks boost. For the- <laughs> Thanks for the boost." 
I think I've oh, quoted that man. a couple of times when something like that has gone down. Yeah. Where oh someone my God. fell down and it made me go a little bit further than what I wanted to. I'm like, thanks for the Rewatching this definitely made me remember like all those little lines and shit because it's been a while since I've seen this. Yeah, this is a very quotable movie for it me. Is. You know, like, yeah. yeah, thanks for the boost. I've quoted it a ton. <laughs> I just, you know, again, I, I just you forget the origins it forever and. Oh, yeah, that's what my wife said. She was like, man, I've said that so many times I forgot what movie it was yeah. from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then, you know, uh, he realize, you know, he kind of realizes that Jim Carrey's stepping over the bounds, the boundaries of a normal friendship. Oh, so yeah. he wants to do the breakup. The breakup. The, the man breakup. <laughs> but the cable guy has other I plans. I just don't have time. Yeah. Oh, hold up, hold new up. Friends right no. now. <laughs> then they go to medieval times. <laughs> After the basketball game, yeah. he, when he realizes he wants to break up, quote unquote, with Jim Carrey, they go to medieval times. Yep. Have you ever been to medieval times? I have not. Neither have never. I. I would like to experience at least I once in my I would never want to experience I would. It. I want to see what it's about. Just because of this movie, you know, I want to know how into it these knights and the guys and the. Uh, the, the, I want to see if the, the wenches. Wait, the wenches are saying there's no utensils allowed. I'm like, is that a real thing? You know, give me a fork, please. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so they go to medieval. You know, uh, yeah. Jim Carrey takes him to medieval times. Uh, just and uh, Matthew Broderick really wants to just kind of throw things off and say, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. But Jim Carrey keeps cutting him off and saying, Shh, the show's about to start. That kind of stuff. You <laughs> yeah. know. Uh, funny stuff in there. Janine, Janine Garofalo shows up as a uh, <laughs> as their waitress. She starts calling oh, him my started, lord. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> just lord. dying once yeah. she walked up. I was like, oh my god! Can I catch you? Fetch you something from the barkeep? <laughs> my lord. <laughs> my lord. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh. Jim Carrey has a funny like. He pushes Matthew Broderick, I'll order. You know, he's like, Dost thou have a mug of ale for me and me, mate? Thou hast been at battle for a fortnight. And something for the frosty brew thou might have for thus. <laughs> you know, something like that. That was a good one, dude. Have a night's thirst for a frosty brew that some might thou have for thus. Something, something like that. Right. I used to be able to do it verbatim, but I really, I, yeah, I forgot about oh, it. Oh, that's great. With this, yeah, again, this movie came out when I was fourteen, so I was like living it up. Like, <laughs> You're living it up. Well, that's something you used to do. You see the movie, repeat the lines. It's your friends at school and oh, that yeah. kind of thing. And then yeah, Jim Carrey just sets it up to where they battle each other. I do like you know when they're in the uh, battle arena and he's doing the Star Trek movie <laughs> music. It's just like when Spock and Jim had to battle in Star Trek. <laughs> and they're playing the exact music in the background. <laughs> It's really good. I like the direction. Oh, direct- my God. It's killing me, that's, it's, it's funny, you know. And they do the same thing later in the movie when they're in the right. satellite, satellite dish. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, it's good stuff. So, yeah, Jim Carrey ends up beating the show. Uh, no, Broderick wins at the end. And, yeah, yeah. they have a good thing. 
And then <laughs> for some reason, and I don't know, like, is this a typical stalker move? You like flood your victim's house with electronics? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, big oh, screen yeah, TV that. and uh, a speakers. Crazy. That's. I'd have to agree with Matthew Broderick there. I can't accept all this. Yeah, like, dude. get this shit out of here. I don't want it. You know, like, I, I don't feel comfortable with this. It's quite an extravagant gift. Shit. It was. It was like in 1995 or something like, or 96 or whatever. That was like five or six thousand yeah. dollars worth of especially equipment. Especially all like know? the receivers and like the yeah. CD players. Yeah, he had preamps and, and shit. All you know? that shit, you know. <laughs> he all had like full stacked up. He had full stacks. Like he had like a Marshall stack. <laughs> in there, <you> know? <laughs> Not to mention the sweet ass karaoke machine. Well, it's like. He's a defunct cable guy. Where is he getting this shit? Is he just like, you know, blackmailing everybody in town to he get keeps, this stuff? He keeps you know? saying, you know somebody. I know a guy. I know a guy. Sports, how's that sports package working out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they have the karaoke jam. That's a good one where the old man's singing American Woman. And that's a good scene where he's singing, uh, don't you want somebody to love? With the lisp and all. The yeah. lisp makes it, don't you oh, yeah. want so somebody? So vibrates his throat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was good, and he sets up Stephen for the uh, prostitute and all that. Yeah. Um, then which he really freaked out about. Uh, yeah, he did. He freaked out. No, he freaked out that much, but mm. he could have played it cool. Yeah, I have to agree with Jim Carrey there. Hey, you know how we can solve this? Don't tell Don't her. Don't tell her. <laughs> A little bit of sanity in yep. um, Jim Carrey's character. <laughs> Don't tell her. <laughs> um, and then you know, you know, Stephen's all pissed off because his uh, uh, woman's on a date, um, which I didn't understand why she was on a date. I thought they had a good night and all that. Uh, yeah. But uh, she's on a date with Owen Wilson, who makes a cam- yeah. another cameo in this. Holy shit, what a dickhead. Yeah, he's uh, rude to the waiter <laughs> and uh, <laughs> kind of rude to shit. her. Yeah. And, uh, he goes to take a leak, and he gets his ass beat by Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey goes in there to pretend to be the bathroom attendant. Yeah. Have you ever been in a bathroom with an, with an attendant? No. Really, never. Never. I've been in a couple of them. So and it's very you've awkward. Been to restaurants. <laughs> no, I, I, I was at the Cubby Bear in Chicago across the really? Lake, and there was oh, a weird. bathroom attendant in there. Yeah. And he's like handing me things. I'm like I'm good. I don't need that. And he's expecting a tip. You know, like. No, I'm not a like, above. I don't carry my wallet on me. I'm not above my or below tipping, it. however you want to look at it. But it's like I just want to take a leak and leave, wash yeah. my hands and go. It's like why don't we gotta <laughs> tip some guy for being in the? I don't get it. I don't understand the bathroom <laughs> attendant. I mean, maybe he's combing my hair, like, or maybe I have some big wig where I need my, you know, handlebar mustache waxed or something <laughs> like that. But just How like was that, your example. That's fantastic. Well, because I just see some aristocratic guy from the 1890s going into a bathroom and wanting that kind of service, you know. All right, fair enough. But yeah, uh, Jim, Car- I liked, I liked that uh, uh, bathroom beating scene. It was very good, <laughs> very believable, <laughs> well choreographed. Um, yeah, I like the the fake mustache he had. On, yeah. you know? And then the news report: bizarre bathroom beating, <laughs> bizarre and it shows him in a in like the Unabomber without the hood. Yeah. And then he goes, yeah, he goes to like her, you know, the whole thing, the whole theme of this movie is Jim Carrey just being very, very intrusive, intrusive into the guy's life, and he goes to his. Uh, 
a girlfriend's house and offers her free cable. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was in the trades for a long time. He's in her attic and he's in this giant vent and like sees her birthmark or whatever, you know? Yeah. No, that's not how apartment <laughs> vents. Apartment <laughs> vents are the smallest things, vents you could find in any kind of a place. Not only but, that, he wouldn't need to be up there for cable. No, and he came for out. Any reason. Right, exactly. He could just, uh, he might be, he might be, you know, just throw it across the jo- the joists or something, but no. Uh, and then he comes out squeaky clean. You ever seen a, a, an air vent? It's the dirtiest thing on the fucking planet. He comes out not covered in any kind of dust or soot or whatever. <laughs> I love the things that drive you crazy. They, they do drive me crazy. They don't drive me crazy. I'm just like, mm. or at least you point them out. And it's like, what? I wasn't even thinking of that. There's, <laughs> it made me think of Die Hard, you know, like when, right. when he's climbing through the HVAC vents. And like, even in that high rise, he was pretty cramped in there. Oh, yeah. Jim Carrey could have had a fucking seven course meal in, the, <laughs> in that vent. I'm like, what the hell is going on? That's not right. That's not right. Um, and so then he gets arrested at uh, Matthew Broderick's character gets arrested at work for accepting the stolen equipment. Then Jim Jim Carrey yep. uh, got him hair so plugs. He, hair plugs. He hated him. Yeah, Hal. <laughs> Hal. That's Hal. what it was. Hal. He hates Hal. Uh, Jim Carrey frames I him. Hate Evidently, Hal. Jim Carrey was uh, I think I filming him. him in his uh, living room. His living room. Yeah. He planted a camera in there and caught him talking shit about his boss. Yep. And then let him accept some stolen equipment, got him fired, got him arrested, all that stuff. Pretty quickly, all of that. It was very quick. (laughs) Um, I don't know how quickly the cops would just be down for, hey, let's hear what the guy has to say, not just arrest him, you know? Like, maybe I'm very, very ignorant or too white, but uh, it's like, hey, hear me out, buddy. Like, hey, I didn't know about this. Let's sit down. You don't, don't got to cuff me or come to my work and so make an example of me. That's why best friend or his worst enemy. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and then he goes to jail, and his dad is sitting there accusing him. Like, does he have a pattern of yeah, accept? Yeah. Like, you're killing you, your mother. Are you on something? Are you on the pot? Are <laughs> on you, the pot? Why would you do this? Why would you? It's like, when you come on, dad. Cut me some slack. I'm not a, I'm not a yeah. fucking idiot. It's like, you're not a kid. I'm trying to be in it. I'm trying to be a nice Obviously, guy. Obviously, I'm all. telling you the truth. God, he was not given the benefit of the doubt at all in this movie. Yeah, I agree there. And then he goes to jail, and there's that stupid scene with him rubbing his nipples on the glass and all that. (laughs) I I didn't really like that scene. Oh, Billy! It was, I guess, it was like a a takeoff from uh, Midnight Express or something. So, never saw it. Don't get the reference too much. And then he gets out of jail, and he goes over to his parents' house, and then Jim Carrey's there. And everyone's super accepting Poor of the no guy he's <laughs> the guy he's accusing of framing him. Yeah, his girlfriend and all of his family are like, they. I don't. I don't understand. You're practically family. Right. Exactly. I'm like, no. This guy's a fucking psycho. He he set me up. What are you doing? What yep. is he doing here? And then his girl invited him. No, I'd have flipped out. You invited yeah. him. Yep. Nope, I just slapped her and like stormed <laughs> I off. Left. I'd have <laughs> yeah. just been like, screw this. Yeah. Exactly. Just for the record, I wouldn't have slapped her. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, I would have left. I'd be like, no, I'm not doing this. It made for a I'm fun. not playing porno password. It made for a fun board game. <laughs> yeah. Porno and they password. played porno password. <laughs> which Jim Carrey's pretty funny in this scene. <laughs> the, the, the password, password is <laughs> And he's Matthew Broderick he gets sitting real, there stewing. He's yeah, like, he gets real breathy. 
Man. <laughs> and I agree with him. I want to play porno password with my mother. You know, it's like nipple. The password is nipple. <laughs> he's very breathy. Very breathy. Very intentional with what he's doing. <laughs> And I would not be happy if I if I were Matthew Roderick's character either. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Very uncomfortable. And then, yeah, we get to, you know, everyone starts to figure it out. You know, Jack Black's character figures out his name's not really Chip Douglas, right. who is a my three sons character, and so is Ernie Douglas. And he says his name's Larry Tate, which is a bewitched character. Yeah. Um, how familiar are with Ricky like classic Ricardo? Right. How familiar are you with like a classic TV? Uh, pretty good. I mean, because really? just because I've watched a lot of it, but uh, you know, again, I mix up like some of the older stuff. Okay. Like of what TV show is what. So tell me your uh, classic TV that you watch, because I watched a lot of Nick at Night. I oh, watched a lot of uh, stuff like that, like from the '60s <laughs> and black and white. Like uh, I Dream of Genie. I watched plenty of my fair share of uh, oh. I Dream of Genie and. Bewitched. So that's what you're talking about. The Brady Bunch. I've watched a bit of F Troop. I watched a shit ton of Brady Bunch. Um, yeah, me too. Um, I thought you were going to mostly do like more like 80s shows too. No, I'm talking like the Nick at Night stuff when we were kids, you know, like the Dick Van Dyke show, yeah. you know. No, I'm not too familiar. I, no. was, I'm not... I was more of like a current time while I was growing up. What about Three's Company? Did you watch any Three's Company? Yeah, I Company? watched a lot of that. I watched a shit ton of Three's Company. <laughs> and that's a weird show, too. You know, like... I always... What was the other one with, like, Nell Carter? Uh, give me a break. Give me a break. Yeah, give I watched some... Give me a break. Yep. That was back give when they... Break. That was back when they all sung their intro yeah, exactly. songs. <laughs> I don't know what... Like, she was the big thing. Was that her start? Or, like, what was Nell Carter doing? Like, what was her thing? I only knew her from there, but... When she's, you also knew her from singing her intro song. Right. Give me a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Give me it. a break. Uh, different strokes. Watch yeah. me some different strokes. Uh-huh. Um, All of that. I didn't watch a lot of the black comedies just because it wasn't on when I was watching TV, like 227 and like the Jeffersons and stuff and Good Times. I've seen it, you know, watched mm-hmm. a few episodes. Not a lot of facts of life. Some facts, of, facts life. of life. Some <laughs> facts of life. Not a lot of it. Family ties. Facts of life. Fact of life. <laughs> no, you take the good, you take the bad, you break the broken, there you have the fact of life. The fact of life. If anything, they have great intros. Dude, I miss those intros, man. <laughs> like all these shows right now, they just have, yeah, they hire some studio musicians to come up with their intros, right. you know? Or some. You know, like, who's the guy that did The Walking Dead? Bear or whatever his name is. Bear McCreary or something. No. But, like, no, we need songs, you know. It's like Perfect Strangers. Remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> God, I forget how it goes now. I remember the Growing Pains one. Yeah. We need to bring back fucking jingles. Hell yeah, dude. Jingles. It sets the show apart from the rest. Except for Friends. <laughs> Fuck Friends. <laughs> Um, and that anyway, just seemed like that was your own personal stab there. It was. It was. <laughs> it was. Um, friends. So yeah, he, he ends up. You know, Jim Carrey character ends up kidnapping Robin when the when at the end, and it's like a damsel in distress. I do like how he has the staple gun as as like <laughs> yeah. the hostage weapon. You know, 
That's not a very when I first saw that. It's not a heavy like, duty one. He gonna you know? do that? <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah. He kidnaps her with a staple gun. He's holding it to her head and and all that. And then it's not you know, even a heavy duty one. Yeah, well, it's it's a staple gun. It's not like a stapler, but yeah, it's not like it's one step above a stapler. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's um, not even one like that you would use for like, <laughs> yeah, slapping some, yeah. slapping your uh, uh, Christmas lights onto your roof or something. Or no, maybe that's what he that's what he's using. Um, but yeah, he kidnaps her. He's got a with a staple gun. He you know holds her hostage. Stephen goes after her. Again, he's miming the music that's playing in the background. And that's pretty much the end of the movie. He says something that time, though, before he starts singing. You know what's the wrong part of real life? No danger music. No but you know, there's a standoff, and then he realizes. You know, I did. I didn't like that ending where he's looking at like a helicopter shows up for some reason. Somebody called the cops, and yeah. they're at the satellite dish, and they're standing up there. And he's like going delusional, looking at the helicopter's light like it's his mom. And he's like, "Mom, yeah. you never loved me. You, I learned the facts of life from the, the facts, facts of life." life. <laughs> he does, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and got a little weird there. And yeah, and then he just jumps off to, and, uh, ostensibly to commit suicide. And as he's going down, the the end of the the, the, the trial, the, the trial jury <laughs> yeah. is deliberated, and they're going about to read the verdict. So it's a, I do like that. That's a good effect. You know, right. while he's falling down. And yeah. They're going through like the culmination. That's of where that you see KG trial. for the first time. Yes, KG shows up <laughs> watching looking. the trial. Yeah, uh, in a montage of everybody across everybody. the country watching this trial, and he's falling down yeah. and going to crash into the satellite, and he crashes into the satellite. <laughs> Not doesn't impale himself, but he he takes all the TVs out in the in the country, so no one can see the uh, final verdict of the Sam Stan Sweet trial. Which was good. I liked it. You know, that, yeah. I thought that was good. And then, yeah, KG. Opens, I like when he says too. Book. He says something like, "I'm okay, except for my suffering from minor back injuries or something." Like <laughs> I forget that. that. I, didn't, I didn't catch that. <laughs> um, and that's kind of how the movie ends. You know, he well, the movie ends with him. You know, the uh, the paramedics putting the paramedics. him on a helicopter. He yeah. didn't die. He planned on dying, but he didn't. Uh, he survived, and he gets put on a gurney and put in a helicopter. And, and the guy says, "You're gonna be all right, pal. You okay, buddy?" And he's like, "You really think I'm your buddy?" <laughs> and he gets his deviled eyebrows, and yeah, the Alice in Chains music starts. And hell yeah, that that's that's the end of it. Good movie, man. Good movie. I love this movie. Good the first time Alice I saw it. Chains song. Very good song. <laughs> is it an Alice in Chains song? I don't know. Or I was gonna say, is it a it Jerry Cam show? For oh yeah, that's true. It could be. That's what I was wondering, and I didn't look up the soundtrack, so I'm gonna do it right now it because be this whole control. the whole soundtrack I thought was freaking right. awesome. I know. Uh, As I was hearing it through and, the background, I was like, "Oh man, this is a good one." Oh, Jerry, it is a Jerry Cantrell song called "Leave it Me is? Alone." Yeah. Oh, okay. It's not an Alice in Chains. I knew it was. Uh, I, I, listening to it when I, you know, at the end of the movie, I'm like, "That's not." I've never heard that Alice in Chains song before. But oh probably, no, I hadn't either. But a lot of times they've written songs for soundtrack so that's why i just assumed that that's what it was but you know jerry is such a big part of that band that he can create music that sounds just like it yep absolutely you know so 
Um, Silver Chair Blinds, Pornos for Pyros, Cracker, Cypress Hill, Ruby, Toadies. Toadies. John Ottman, Expanding Man. Good, good, good soundtrack. I might have to like throw that on one day just to kind of yeah. go through it, you know? Um, very good movie. Let's check the Rotten Tomato score, why don't we? Because I know this movie. Another fun fact about this movie is that Chris Farley was, this movie was written with uh, Chris Farley in mind as the, uh, um, a character of the Cable Guy. Did you know that? No, I didn't. It was. He had a two-picture de- uh, deal with whatever studio. So this was like right when Tommy Boy was happening, and then he was going to do Black Sheep. So he had to turn it down. Um, wow. He was offered $3 million for it, but he had to turn it down. Jim Carrey was offered $20 million, and it was a record for an actor, Jim Carrey made twenty million dollars from this. Man, dude! But that's because he was at his height. He was filming. I don't the think Chris Ace Farley would have even been like good enough, really, to pull this off. I don't know because, like that crazy, the crazy part of it, I don't see. We, it. we wouldn't know because he died. Too I think early, he'd you still know? be like too like silly you know what i mean i don't know well he was well jim carrey was very silly in this movie but it's like you still have that dark part of him and that's why that's a, such a shame that chris farley yeah, died it's too I, hard to know i yeah. talked in our tommy boy episode where i felt like he had a range of an or, or, i don't want i keep saying range as an actor but it's like he, i felt like he was a good enough actor to kind of pull pull a lot of stuff off he's believable in his emotions and all that stuff you know so I don't know. I don't know. And it's it, again. It's just a shame that he died too early. That we couldn't see any serious roles for him. Right. Um, you know, because there's a plenty of examples of comedic actors going on to be dramatic actors and and pulling it off crazily. Famously, Tom Hanks. He started as a comedic actor. Yeah. He's like the Hollywood darling now. He can do no wrong. Cable Guy. Can you take a guess of what the Cable Guy is on the Rotten Tomato score with the critics? Oh, with the critics. Mm-hmm. Man, like maybe thirty. You're a bit low. It's fifty four percent. Oh, fifty four. Which okay. I'm surprised it's that high. Quite honestly, surprised it's that high. What? Uh, guess what the audience is uh, putting it at. I would hope it's higher than that. So, you know, maybe in the sixties somewhere. It's lower than that. They're they put it at fifty one. Really? I love this movie. What the hell's wrong with you people? Rewatch it, I swear to God. Yeah, I know. It's funny. It's I don't know what people don't like about the movie. Maybe they find Jim Carrey annoying at this point. You know, maybe I think that my opinion is they didn't like him doing this type of dark comedy. Yeah, that's probably. I just don't think people didn't want to see that. They weren't done with Ace Ventura. Right, they wanted to stay in his lane and right. mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's also what got him that paycheck. Yeah, twenty million bucks. You know, how can you turn that down? You know, <clears throat> you know no way. Yeah. It's like I that'd be the last movie I ever did. <laughs> right by Hollywood. Well, I think he's retiring right now. Yeah, he came out on the Chris Rock and uh, Will Smith slap, saying like, yeah. "I'm done with this." Oh, we didn't talk about the Bruce Willis retiring. Maybe we'll talk about it in the next episode. Yeah, let's save that for the next episode because I got a, I got a few thoughts about that. Bruce um, Willis. Anything else you'd like to say about the Cable Guy? Give it a grade. Give it a grade. Not for Jim Carrey movies. Well, give it two grades. One for Jim Carrey movies and one just kind of overall. Um, I would say, like, for a Jim Carrey movie, it's I would say it's, like, right about a B. 
Um, I still enjoy a ton of it. And I think, you know, he's really good in it. I don't, uh, so I, like you said, maybe I'm one of those cult followers mm. or whatever. I can see no wrong in this movie, quite honestly. I give this movie, uh, you know, a Jim Carrey movie. It's an A, you know. Like, I yeah. love his humor in it. I love the dark humor. I'm a big fan of dark humor in a lot of things. And I don't think it's that dark a humor. I mean, it's, he's, he's a stalker, yeah, but it's like. Well, that's the part of it, you know, the weird part of seeing but it, him as a stalker. You yeah, know? He does ruin it. I don't know. Maybe I'm desensitized to the this, this stalker genre I'm type stuff. Well, whenever you think stalker, it's usually like, <laughs> you know, a man stalking a woman. Right. You know? It's not, you know. It's hovering over her bed or some shit. Right. You don't think, you know, uh, over <laughs> over bearing friend, you know. It, yeah. It's not really what I, what I think of. And that, maybe that's why I don't think of it as like a stalker movie. Yeah. He's yeah. very annoying and leave him alone. And, you know, just right. Very annoying. And yeah, okay. Yeah, I get it. But, you know, he does try and ruin the guy's life. And yeah. So, you know, maybe I'm just overlooking a lot of that. Maybe I'm overlooking it because Jim Carrey is so goddamn funny in this movie. Right. I liked it. I liked the cast. I liked the writing. I liked the script. I liked everything. I loved the cameos. I loved the soundtrack. I, I give this movie an A, you know, for me. Like, I, I loved yeah. everything about this movie. I would say it's, it's a, like a B plus, you know, like a higher grade. Okay. You know, just overall as a movie. You know right. what I mean? Because mm. I can give you five examples of movies that equally have, like... The star Tons power of uh, you know star yeah that and just those you know famous lines that you quote all the time and mm -hmm. you know shit like that but um, rewatching it definitely brought a lot of those <laughs> quotable mm -hmm. lines back to me so I think that's why I'm so I'm, I'm happy that we did this on on this. Uh, movie for sure and big sound garden tie-in i don't know if we mentioned that with oh our, yeah with our previous yeah, we episode. Didn't tie <laughs> big sound garden tie-ins jack black's wearing the sound garden uh t-shirt yeah because they're supposed to go to the concert right exactly and, uh, yeah it ties in with the great soundtrack you know for my for my money uh, i love this movie it's funny it, it's interesting it keeps you there the entire movie yeah, uh, man. maybe a little bit at the end it drops off with the stuff at the satellite dish right it's like really yeah, it's it. tropey but whatever um but good stuff. I like the uh, again. I like the tie-in with the his. You never know his name. It's yeah. You know, yeah. He's the, uh -huh. the TV character name. He's credited as the cable guy. You know, yeah. it's a lot of clever stuff in there. A good, good direction by uh, Ben Stiller. Good, you know, writing, producing. Whoever punched it up, Judd, Judd Apatow, whoever the uh, legal battle was with, check it out. I would recommend anyone watch this. And if you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe it's one of those movies you just you're not gonna like. You know, <laughs> I love it. Could not recommend it any further. Anything else to say about The Cable Guy? That's it, brother. Well, thank you to everyone else listening. It really helps out the show, and we very much appreciate it. Check us out on Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app. Again, thank you for listening. Please share it with a friend. Um, do whatever you can to get the word out about, about this show. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, at The Retro MMG Show. Anything else, Mr. Tony? That's it, man. Thank Thanks you, guys. Time. Please share it. Till next time.